Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1324 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday, and this is part two of a two-part episode. So I want to stress that right now at the top of this podcast. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one with myself and Robbie Callen on the Eastern Conference over-unders. That dropped on Monday. This is dropping basically into Tuesday morning, so please go back and check that out if you missed it. If nothing else, that's a fun conversation. Robbie and I talking about the Eastern Conference. We'll have some Hawks talk at the end of part two because the Hawks are the last team on the agenda in the over-under segment. So please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. And after the intro, we'll be back with more with myself and Robbie Callen. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, I am joined now once again for part two of the Eastern Conference Over Under podcast with my friend Robbie Calland. If you missed it, by the way, again, part one is available for your listening pleasure, but we're going to dive right in here, Robbie, with the Detroit Pistons, a team that I should have been a fan of as a kid. I'm a Michigan fan. My dad was a Pistons fan, and I just I messed that boat. I think I probably got lucky on some level with that one, especially now, but they won a title, so maybe not. Um, the, the Pistons. 29 wins is the over-under. They won 23 last year. They added two high-profile rookies, mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duren. They bring in some vets, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks. They did lose Jeremy Grant, but the, I think the big thing is, like, there's excitement on the Pistons because of Cade for obvious reasons and the young core, but are they six wins better on the court this year? I, I, maybe nope. not. Nope. Uh, especially because, again, there's plenty of incentive to be – bad like Detroit could embrace the tank again like I don't think they are going to be the worst team in the east uh we discussed Indiana at the end here I think they should be but look like Detroit's still a very young team they got younger um they are going to give their guys a chance to be young and make mistakes um like sure there's a chance it all just coalesces and they're a 31 team but i see a whole lot more mid-20s outcomes as possibilities i like Cade. i hope he continues to take a step forward because he was really good the second half of the season once he got through that shooting slump that he dealt with uh to, to open the year he was really really good uh i love Jaden ivy uh full-on got-that-dog-in-him guy. Like, <laughs> I know you love him. I know you do. I love Jaden Ivey. High up on the board. Him and Maturin, way high on the Cowan big board last year. I I just, again, it, it's the same thing we talked about with a couple of the teams. Like the, the talent gap between Detroit and the rest of the East and like the, the top nine in the West is just – pretty substantial in my opinion it's going to come down to like are they going to are they going to be one of those teams that just steals wins because you sleepwalk into detroit like maybe you just you just don't walk into little caesar's arena and walk out with a dub like best food in the nba you know maybe maybe you know maybe you get get hot and ready like i don't know like (laughs) i just i i i don't I don't see a lot of outcomes where they go over, so I'm going to lean under. Um, <laughs> oh, hot and ready! I know. If, yeah, if you, if you, hey, I'm just saying, 
Anytime you anytime you sleepwalk through uh through Troy, you might get hot and ready. You do not simply walk call in it. to Little Caesars Arena. You don't. You don't, um, you don't walk in and walk out. Not like a five dollar pizza. No, I mean, okay. So here's the thing. Everything with everything that we've said so far about these bad teams, I definitely lean under. I want to be clear about that. Twenty nine. They have the highest. They have the highest win total of all the bad teams. If that yes. makes sense. Like the teams that we already know are probably gonna be bad. And I get it. It's because they have Cade, number one. And it's because they are a little bit more flashy than the rest of these teams with, the, with, with what they brought in with Ivy and Duren. But I like Ivy, too. He's not going to be good as a rookie, almost certainly. Nope. Duren is going to be okay, but like it's going to be more New Orleans Noel. They have Marvin Bagley, which I'm, I'm going to be nice about this, but he does not help you win. Sure. Um, I, I think the I definitely am, would pick the under. The only thing that would stop me from making it a best bet is that I am all in on Cade. And I think there is a chance Cade He's just makes great. a real leap and is like a star already in year two. Mm-hmm. That's like, if that happens, then they can go over. Sure. Um, but other than that, that's the only path. That but I even, even that, like, is, you just wonder about the sport, like... Well, that's the thing. So, good Sadiq, example. Sadiq Bay is he's a good player. A guy like he's he, a player, he can shoot. Like, you know, he's nice. Like a good, a good example. Like they they have better talent than this. So don't get me twisted. But like we've seen Shea Gilgis Alexander play at a star level, and not have OKC win enough anyway. Mm-hmm. And they've shut him down a few times. But honestly, it wouldn't have mattered. They wouldn't have won thirty games no matter what. Right. So, I, I can see Cade be, being as good as Shea has been mm-hmm. this year, and them still being under. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I I have to take the under and and by the way they should try to lose right they should have the by, by playing their young guys I think Ivy's a great he's a perfect example of a guy who they should give a ton of reps to who's probably not going to help you win this let year. let him shoot thirty eight percent this year yeah and that's that's part of the deal. but you and you hope that he he's like you hope it's like Cade last year where it's like at by the end of the season he's found his rhythm and he's kind of figured out his spots on the NBA floor. But like Ivy's not like an elite shooter. Uh, he's a streaky guy, and there's going to be times where he looks great. But they should just like he should have him and Cade should be the leading shot takers on this team without a question. Yep. And like let let them cook. And sometimes they're you know sometimes it's not going to be hot and ready. You know sometimes it's it's going to be a little a little tough. Um, but you know it's not tough. <laughs> not tough. <laughs> Shouts to Keith Pompey, um, legend. Uh okay. <laughs> on that note, we, we like the you know it's not tough. We the like Cavs the on the Pistons. Yeah. The okay. Cavs. Moving on to the Cavs. Um, interesting team. So I feel like I've probably been a little bit lower on the Cavs than the national media has been. Um, after the Mitchell trade, um, they won forty four a year ago. They did have a sort of a an injury played collapse last year to win forty four. They probably should have won a little bit more than that. Um, the number is forty seven and a half. At Bet Online, mm-hmm. um, with Donovan Mitchell on the team, they did lose, of course, Markinen and Sexton, but obviously an upgrade. Um, the four stars thing has been made fun of by me a few times. They don't, I don't think they actually have four starters. That's four stars, they have four good players. Um, but uh, what do you think? I, I actually don't know how you feel about the Cavs, so the floor is I, yours. You know what? I, I'm in, like, I, I, not like they're like gonna win the East, but. A coral can, hive stand up. Is that what you're saying? They they can uh I like the over. Like they're just a good team. You know, I, obviously it's it's kind of health health permitting here, but that's all of these. That's any any time you're taking it over, you are banking on some health. Um but yeah, I mean like I I think 
the thing that they have now that they didn't have is an ability to have two guards that can put pressure on the rim constantly um, in the way that they just like when they were playing towards the end of the year and it was just Garland, like with, with Rubio out and it was just Garland. They had just gotten Karis Levert who was struggling like their offense. They just didn't have a secondary initiator. And so when teams walled off Garland, there just wasn't anybody to, do anything they have that now they get rubio back like they just they're constantly going to have competent guard play uh for 48 minutes a night and it's it's kind of the same thing you know it's what we're talking about with atlanta we will get there but like you have good guard play for 48 minutes like that helps a lot especially when you have the front court talent they have that you have to get them the basketball like jared allen and evan mobley are like good but you have to somebody has to get them the ball in their spots Right. Like you can't dump it into the post and say, go get us a bucket, Jarrett. Like he's a pick and roll guy. He's a great lob threat from the dunker spot. Like all of these things can work if you have the guard play to get them the ball. And I think they have that now. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in the defense. Like when you have those two big men, like you just have a lot of options defensively. I, I'm in. Like, I think this is this is a 50-ish win team. Yeah. No, I I think there are some questions that have to be answered. Like, you know, everyone does the three as a question. Um, that's mm-hmm. the, the most obvious one uh, between Okoro, who I still kind of buy, but offensively it's been a mess. They have Dean Wade and whoever else. Um, but, you know, their top four is really good. And I think defensively, it'll be a good test to see how much bad guard play hurts because they have really mm-hmm. good front court defense and really bad backcourt defense, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, if they play a Coro, they should be really good defensively. If they go a little bit more offense, we'll see. If it's if it's Levert, we'll see. Um, but no, I think they're going to be good. I last year, I still don't know if they were really a mid forties win team, true sure. talent wise. But you had Mitchell, who I'm not the biggest Mitchell guy, but like obviously he's really good. Um, well, also, so, I mean, like he's going to like. It's the same thing with Gobert in, in Minnesota. It's like they, those are guys that win you regular season games. Yeah, he's going to win. I mean, Garland's really good, and Allen's really good, and Mobley might take a leap. And uh, yeah, I, I do I do totally get it on, on Cleveland. Um, this is one that's a stay away from me. I could see them sure. winning 46 games and not be surprised by it, sure. or 49 games or whatever. Like, I don't think there's any. The thing that the big thing Mitchell does for them is like they, it raises their floor a ton mm-hmm. because. Last year we saw what happened. Like when they had when they had a Garland, they couldn't they could not score. They no. could not do anything on offense. No. And now they become a very natural stagger team. And Mitchell is a good regular season player, like you said. So um yeah, I, I wouldn't want to have the under either, but I don't I think I'm a little bit less excited about the over. So that's it's a pass for me, but they're good. I mean, I think that I spoiler alert, I think I'd rather have the Hawks this year, which is maybe controversial, but um not by a ton. So we'll see. We'll come back to that. I saw your face. We'll come back to that later on. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious. Built has done it again. And let me introduce you to that new favorite. It's Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, 100% real chocolate on the outside, which is a Built Bar staple. All of the joys of eating cookie dough are in this are in this bar without the hassle of actually having to make it. Plus, it's healthy for you as well. The cookie dough chunk puffs have 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. What's also great about Built is that all of the bars have collagen protein, which helps your body to absorb more efficiently. 
and they provide a ton of health benefits across the board. Eat something that tastes good, and it's also good for you. Go to Built.com right now to snack a box for yourself or your family. It'll be the perfect treat, whether for a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just grabbing a quick bite. Built is a perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar as well. Ditch the calories, ditch the fat and the sugar, and grab yourself a Built bar today. When you're doing that, go to Built.com. Use our new promo code LOCKEDON15, 15% off on your order. One more time, that is promo code LOCKEDON15, 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's move on to the Chicago Bulls. Um, one of my firmer plays on the board. I'll say that right now. Um, okay. The number is What's 41. this number down to? It's down to 40, it 40, 41 and a, half. and a half when I did it with Sam. Yeah, it's 41 and a half now. And by the way, it got to 39 and a half. It's on the spot I saw. That's preposterous. Uh, so I, this is a, almost the same as Miami, where like I would have come on here and waved my flag on the under at 44 and a half. I still like the under. Um, I think oh, come I, on. I don't like I don't like Chicago. I, I never come have on. bought it. I didn't buy it last year. I think every single thing went right for the Bulls for most of last season, and they won 46 games with a point differential of a 40-win team last year with DeMar DeRozan having the best year of his career. 41-win point differential. Um, would I prefer it was 44.5? Yes, I would. Uh, but 41.5 is... Eh, I think I had them for like 39. I really would. So... Talk me out of it. What do you what do you think about the Bulls? You like you like it more than I do, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look, the Lonzo thing, by the way, matters a lot. We don't the Lonzo thing matters. I if he if he's out for the season, who knows? He's not supposed to be, but like, yeah, I mean, like, sound great. That's what I'm not gonna sit here and tell you we're locking up the over. Um, I just I don't know. Like, I, I get the Demar thing, but I don't think he's gonna be like substantially worse. Um, like I just think Demar's like really good. He, he like, he's been good. he was good in San Antonio. Like people didn't fucking watch. Oh, sorry, I can't <laughs> it's okay. Uh, he he did uh, he did what he did do was make a million buzzer beaters and stuff. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that like makes you win forty six when you have a forty one a forty one point differential. And that's what I'm, I'm not sure is going to repeat. Like he's still going to be good. I'm I was too low on him last year. Like, people are too low on Demar right now. I was I'm too tired of it. Hooper. I'm kind of buying in more now than I was, but uh, I still don't love the Bulls. I look, Pat Williams. Vucevic Pat Williams like, back. Vucevic was kind of bad last year. Vooch was bad. Uh, maybe we get like it, here's the issue with the Bulls, and this is the thing, and this is the thing I was talking about with that kind of half baked trade that I came up with, where they move Vooch and replace him with Miles Turner, which I think would be a great move for them. Hmm. Um. Vooch and DeMar want to occupy the same space in the post because Vooch isn't like a deep block guy. Um, They both want to be mid post. uh, And that's where Vooch has always had his best in Orlando. He can pop out to three. He can shoot threes. He wasn't real comfortable doing it as often as they had him do it. But the thing is, DeMar is better in the post than him. Like, because you definitely don't want DeMar out there spotting up. So you're going to go with DeMar there. You're going to go with Vooch outside. And it's just not maximizing Vucevic's talents. And so I think there's a chance that they look to move Vucevic and get a Turner type. Okay. So you get a big who can block shots, who's a little more mobile and can shoot some threes because that's all you really want him doing. You don't need a guy who can go back to the basket because, again, you have DeMar DeRozan. I Look, I, I, I think Zach Levine's good. Like, I just think he's really good. Like, I, I think there's just too much talent on this team. If Caruso can play more than 41 games like he did last year, like, 
that mitigates some of the Lonzo ball issues and the absence a bit. Um, he's obviously not quite as good, but like on the defensive end, it, it mitigates some of that. Uh, Patrick Williams being back hopefully can be good again. Like he doesn't do some of the things that you want, but defensively he helps a good bit. Um, Javante green is, is actually pretty good. And I'm interested to see what, what he can do in Lonzo's stead because he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, I just think there's talent on this team. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to lock up the over. I don't even know if the over is the right play. I'm just, I feel like they are the team that, and I get it. Like somebody's got to lose games. And like, it, it seems pretty clear that people have said Chicago's the team. The Bulls. I get it. I just, I don't know. Like this thing's plummeted and like, it's obviously rebounded some. Um, yeah. I think I, that's, a, I, I, would I think that's people buying back. I, my yeah. guess would be it's everybody that took it at 44 and a half. As soon as it hit 39 and a half, that's a lot of people buying back. Well, that's a huge, huge, huge middle that's a for a win total. Middle. So yeah. I, I mean, if it was 44 and a half still, I would be ex- eagerly uh, giving out the under 41 and a half. Like they go with 42 games. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I just, I'm a, I'm lower on them what they were last year. Even before you project any regression in, this I'm, is a this is a 500 team last year on paper, and they won more than that because Demar was incredible. But like without anything from Alonzo that you can kind of bank on, um, they bring in Andre Drummond. He probably helps them a little bit, but like not a ton. Um, Goran Dragic is kind of cooked at this stage. I think at age whatever he is, 36. Um, I don't know. They could win. They could win over the number. I'm not going to tell you they can't, but uh, I'm a little lower than you. A rare disagreement. It's fine. I'll take it. Um, all right. This is one where this is a weird one, too. The Hornets. Oh, baby. Uh, 36 and a half is the current number for the Hornets at Bet Online. Uh, they won 43 games last year, and they basically had the exact same team, except for they don't have Miles Bridges. And uh, I have no interest in talking about that. Miles Bridges did a bad thing by all accounts, a very bad thing. Um, and he's not going to be playing, nor should he be playing this year. Uh, on the court, they don't have a willy or way to replace him. Uh, it's Gordon Hayward better stay healthy. It's kind of all I got for you on the Hornets. And that's why the number is where it is because they could be bad, like actually bad. I mean, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen because Lamelo is really good. And Steve Clifford generally has a good reputation for like coaxing some defense out of his teams. By the way, he's the coach again of the Hornets. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> he's back. Um, but like talent wise, if you take Bridges off his team, Melo. Terry Rozier is not my favorite, never has been. He's been pretty good for them, but I mean, this is not a good roster, like sneakily. Nope. This is an under for me. I think, I think so too. Even at 36 and a half, is, it seems is a, pretty high. This is a very solid under for me. Very solid under. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, this Bur- was this was locked up. Burying, burying a, a Hawks play an opponent. This was locked up. Look, like Miles Bridges was like a fringe all star. He was very good. You lost him for nothing. And, they, and then it's not just that they have no one behind them because, like, they do have Kelly Oubre. They do have Hayward. They have some NBA players. P.J. Washington. But they don't – he was their best role man for most of last season despite playing the three sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like – He was a good three-point shooter. The center spot's still a disaster. Like, I know they have, Mark, they have Mark Williams, but, like, he was behind Nick Richards in training camp. Like, he's a rookie no matter what. They just it's keep like, drafting centers. Yeah, they have like I mean, every every year they draft a ACC center. Their best front court player is Hayward, who's never healthy, and then behind him it's PJ Washington, who like is a pretty good player, but he's a combo. He's a combo big. He's like a six eight 
center. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a strange team, and like I think Lamelo is really good, but he's not like to the point where he can just make you awesome by himself. So well, the thing is, the thing that he does best is like elevate the guys around him, and he doesn't have great guys to elevate around him. Like, no, he was a big reason that Miles took the leap that Miles did. But they just they didn't replace like they did nothing because I think they were thinking they might be able to I don't know um, I just I look like this is not a good team this is also a sell uh, candidate like this is this is a team that could just say all right Rozier Hayward we're gonna sell try to get to the bottom for one year and do a a quick turnaround rebuild. Like if you're talking about like when I'm looking for teams that can jump into this, you know, there's the quote from, from some anonymous GM to Woj or somebody who was like, we're going to see a race to the bottom. Like we've never seen. And I said, (laughs) okay, there's six teams that I know are going to tank or I feel pretty confident are. Yes. Um, You have the Pacers, you have the jazz, you have the Rockets, you have the thunder. You have probably the magic. Um, and you have Pistons still. No, I had uh, da, 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 da. maybe Pistons. Who the, I had somebody else anyway. So you have like five, six teams. Like, who else can even get in that fray? And I think Charlotte's towards the top of my list. Um, them and Detroit are, are the two that seem most likely to be able to do that again, like we talked about with Detroit because they have young guys to go to. Charlotte doesn't have that, but they have guys you can trade to get picks, to get young guys, and that contenders might be looking for. Like, if you're looking for a scoring guard as a contender, like, Terry Rozier is available. Well, and they don't have the depth either. Like, so, okay, it's, compare them to Washington, who have, they have like almost the same exact mm-hmm. over-under or whatever, right? The Wizards have a lot of good, a lot of, like, competent, good players. Yeah. Like depth, depth is a strength of the Wizards. The Hornets don't have depth. Like no. they have the best, they have a really good player on Lamella Ball who they're not going to trade. But like their their second and third best players right now are Terry Rogier and Gordon Hayward in some order. Mm-hmm. Gordon and Hayward they, is not a reliable 70, 70 game player anymore. He's just not. No. And I like Gordon Hayward, but he's always hurt. And then Rogier is kind of a one way guy at this point. Like he can score, like to your point, he'd be valuable for some for some teams, but their depth is not strong. So if they wanted to go into the tank, it basically just takes shutting Melo down. It really would be that easy to be like, all right, no more you mellow, and now we're now we're really bad overnight. Whereas the Wizards like kind of need to do that with like four guys or five right. guys. Where the, the Hornets really, if, if you just took Lamelo off the off the Hornets, they would they would be in the same. They would be immediately in the group with the, with the worst team in the league. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I just I, their roster is not good. Um, I don't even know if it takes again. I it's it's you could shut Lamelo down, or you could just trade Rozier and Hayward for sure. young guys. Like you just that's all you have to do. You like there it. are so many avenues for them to be really bad. Um, and even if they try, I don't think they're going to be very good because again, like the talent deficit against the rest of the league right now. Like I think they're a bottom ten team right now. Without, you know, trying to be, I think they're a bottom ten team right now in the NBA. And then they, if they try to be bad, like, yeah, give me the under. This team wins, like, even with Steve Clifford, even with all that, like, under. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. So maybe maybe we'll be proven wrong and Lamelo has a great year and all that stuff. I like, but again, I, I like Lamelo. I, I just, that roster. It's rough. bad. I mean, it's it really is. And they, 
it's not the team's fault that they had no no recourse to replace Miles Bridges when it happened and all that. Like that's not that's not the team. That's that's entirely on Miles Bridges. Yep. But the way it worked out for Charlotte is just, it does just got rocked. It does open the door for them to maybe if they were and this is a very if this was an innovative organization, they would already be like, all right, this is probably the perfect time to take mm-hmm. take this one year dip. That's not usually what the Hornets Listen, do. They're usually not kind of a team. If, Mike, if Michael Jordan has been holding on to a money in the bank briefcase for a one-time <laughs> favor from the league, uh, it's, ti- it's time to get Wimby and Lamelo together. That's oh, all I'm saying. Wimby. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. Okay. Not for Hawks fans. That would no, not be fun. It would not be fun whatsoever. <laughs> okay, let's go to the Nets. Uh, the Nets are maybe, maybe the eternal stay away for everyone. I mean – yeah. No matter who it is that we talk to, you yeah. know, it's people offline, our friends in the NBA, people doing NBA podcasts. Everybody's like one giant shrug on the nets, and that's the way it should be. The number's 15 and a half right now at Ben okay. Online. Okay. Um, they have Ben Simmons back. They got Royce O'Neal. Sure they got TJ Warren, who might not play for a while still. Also, Ben Simmons back is a unique way to say that. Yeah. Uh, they did lose Bruce Brown, who was good for them. Uh, they lost Morgan Dragic. They lost Andre Drummond, who was pretty good for them too. KD and Kyrie are healthy right now. They're here. Um, the Nets could win 58 or they could win 29. <laughs> uh, basically, depending. Now, I'll say this in, in more serious terms. If KD is healthy, there is a floor on the Nets that's pretty solid because KD is that good. Yeah, he, KD is that good. Which if KD is hurt, then all bets are off. That's the thing about that's the thing about the Nets is like he's not the most durable guy anymore at his age. Mm-hmm. The Simmons thing, it seems like he's gonna play and be pretty good, but he's turning the ball over a bunch. Really. Yeah, he looks weird, but he's out there. Him being out there is half the battle. Getting Kyrie, some, I refuse some exercise. to re- I refuse to rely on Kyrie Irving to do anything. So forty two games over under. Let's play that game. Uh, forty two games over under for Kyrie. I don't know the answer. Um, slightly man, fifty and a half. Forty five. I, I know guess that. I, yeah, it's very the, clearly no. no. I think do the, not bet this along with Indiana. The firmest stay away is on the board. Yeah, no, I, I just I wasn't kidding about that range. Like it, it does require a KD injury for them to be like bad, bad. Yeah. But even if KD is healthy, if they get whatever they could get from Kyrie and Ben Simmons, they could still win. They could be a forty-three-one team very easily. I kind of like their roster. Now, I do too. I like Royce, Royce can play. Yeah, they, they still have Patty Mills, who's Seth Curry. pretty good. Seth Curry's pretty good. I like Nick Claxton still. Um, is he gonna like? Do they like him? Well, him and Simmons don't make sense together at all. Like, do they um, like Nick Claxton because he just was like him. on the trade block? They just paid and then him, they paid him. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's um, really confusing. But yeah, they they have a good. <laughs> if everybody plays, they have a really good like top eight or nine really that nice you like. Uh, so. They could, be, they, could, they, could, they could be the one seed. They could be the one seed. I, I do believe that. I think if you like the over, that's the bet to make. Yeah, I would certainly prefer like some futures versus taking just taking their over under win yeah, total. Win to win total is not like because like, if they them, go over, I think they smoke the over. Yeah, that that bet I mentioned earlier, they were like plus six hundred to have the most wins in the league. That's do a that. better value for me than it would be to just take the do over. That yes, because we uh, saw like a. Uh, not, not with Simmons. We saw two years ago when they were good on offense with Kyrie. And Dude, basically anytime Kyrie and Kevin Durant have been playing together, their offense has been elite. It's like a top three offense in the league as soon as those guys play together. Yeah. So it's terrifying. Anyway, 
a giant pass from us, but that, that's oh, the rest of the one down. So we would say it out loud. But yeah, if if you were going to go over again, I think I would advocate best record in the league future as opposed yeah. to over 51 and a half. Um, I kind of dig that. Yeah. That's all I have on the Nets, unless you have more to add. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Look for daily fantasy option this year. Check out the warming app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know that you will too. It's so very easy to use. I can definitely attest to that because I've been playing on it for a while across sports, and I really enjoy the daily grind of going through the numbers and really having a lot of fun doing so. All you have to do is pick two to five players and weigh in on what they, whether they have more or less than a certain number of points rebounds, assists, or any other stat you can think of across sports. What up to 10 times your money on any entry? You're not competing against other people either. Instead, you're going against the available projections and prize picks. Available numbers have basically across any sport. They have the NBA and college basketball, WNBA, NFL, college basketball, college football, MLB, NHL, PGA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, cricket, and much more. And an entry can be done in just a minute or less. That's really easy and time and time uh, breezy, let's just say. And PrizePix also has safe and fast withdrawals. They're operating in more than 30 states at this point, as well as Canada. And download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com today to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit, if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now with PrizePix. Um, okay, let's go. To, let's go to the Celtics. Uh, a bit of a challenging one now, in a way that maybe they weren't a couple of months ago. Uh, the number is fifty-three and a half. That's kind of uh, much. It was fifty. Yeah, it was fifty-five and a half. I think, six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half is what we did for. Uh, uh, yeah, two. it's fifty-three and a half now. A bit online. Um, they won fifty-one last year, but they had a fifty-nine win point differential last season. Um, and then they got better on paper in the offseason by mm-hmm. adding Brogdon and Gallinari. Gallinari is already hurt for most of the season, if not all the season. Yep. And Robert Williams is out for a while. Um, yep. Those two things have docked them in addition to the Udoka thing where he's not going to be coaching. Um, at a bare minimum, that doesn't help you. I, I think yep. that it's probably safe to assume that Joe Missoula, as a first-time head coach, will be a downgrade from Udoka. How big that is, we don't know. But um, it's not a plus. I mean, maybe maybe that, I think that takes away a half a win or a win from you. Um I still think they're going to be really good, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of weirdness now without, I mean, almost more than anything else, the Robert Williams thing on, on the court. I mean, sure. That's a, that's a big one. If he's not, I mean, that's, that, that's eight to 12 weeks. And that's like a return to basketball can like conditioning stuff at that point. Right. Like we all, we always say this on the show, like that doesn't mean he's back right? and they need him. And our, our guy, Al Horford, who we covered for many years is not a guy you want to play 75 games at center anymore. Like he, he, they need to kind of pace him and they kind of can't pace him without Robert Williams. So it's weird. Yeah. I, I, they're in the stay away realm for me. 53 and a half. I think I still lean over. I think I would too, because they're so, they're still, they still have really good depth. So good. Yeah. The center, the center rotation is definitely a question mark, but like the starting center is Al, but like what's their backup center situation? Is it, Luke Cornett? Is it Grant Williams at six five? Yeah, it's probably it's probably a mix. You're probably playing small ball with Grant. So um, it's I think it's matchup dependent. And I think you don't honestly, if you're Boston, you have title aspirations. Do you want Al playing back to backs? I think you probably don't for the most part, but he kind of has to. Yeah, I think I think it's more going to be managing his minutes in those. I don't think he's going to be held out of stuff because he said like he's ready to go. Um, and he worked this all season to get like in shape to be able to play those. 
kind of, I think, knowing the Robert Williams stuff was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in theory, like, I, I, I think it's going to be more managing him in those games and finding spots where you, you know, can get him, can go small. So like if you're playing a team, so like let's say you're playing Charlotte. Okay. Like let's say you got Charlotte on the back to back. That's <laughs> not one where you got to go to Al a bunch, right? Like that's no. one where you can go small. That's one where you could, you know, like I think it's going to be being smart about those. If you have Detroit on a back to back though, probably going to need Al because you they just yeah. got size. They just got, they got beef stew. They got Duran. They got size. And, and they so also it's, rushed it's kind of Williams figuring out the bad teams you can rest him against. Yeah, and they rushed they rushed Williams back in the playoffs, and I get why you do it. It's a playoff series, and you're trying to win the title, but um, they need him, and he's he changes their defense. I mean, they're still going to be pretty good defensively without him, but he makes them elite. He's the guy. I know Marcus Smart won the defensive player of the year. That was a silly vote. I think he's really good, but he's not the guy that changes the defense. It's Rival Williams. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think I lean over just because I, I guess I trust that they can put this stuff together. Um, yeah. They've dealt with weird stuff in the past. Like, like, like Jalen and Jason played with Kyrie. Like they've dealt with weird off court stuff in the past. Right. Like, I mean, like seriously, like if there's, there's any experience that gets you ready for some weirdness and somebody maybe not being there that you're expecting to be there, it's, it's playing with Kyrie. They also so, have a full season of Derek White this year, and he only came halfway through last year. Yeah, their backup like, guard rotation is really good. I mean, they were they were a they were a sixty plus win team once they got it together mm-hmm. last year, and that's not a huge sample size. But yeah, I tend to lean over too. I, I would not bet it now. No, um, it's scary. The numbers in a range where I don't, I think it's not crazy to bet it over, but um, yeah. there's just too many things between Williams and the coaching. Yeah, situation. I steered clear when it was 56 and a half, but like 50. I would, I would have too. I mean, even if Robert Williams was healthy, that's a really that's just high a number. Big, that's a big number. It's <laughs> a really high yeah. number for anybody. Um, all right, we'll leave it there for now. It's time to talk about the Atlanta professional basketball team. Your Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the number at Bet Online is 46 wins. Uh, people have heard me talk about the Hawks a lot, Robbie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start with you here. Oh, uh, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't have to go super duper deep on the Hawks. It's okay. Yeah. This is a, a podcast where I talk about them all the time. But 46 is the number. So we'll, yeah. we'll view it through that lens at this point. And obviously the, the underlying metrics, they were not quite as good as that last year. But they did, under, they did sort of underachieve a little bit compared to their point differential. And they add a, uh, a guy who's like a top 35, 40 player in the league. And Jacques Murray, so. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I think this number is probably right. You know, like I think they are over, over, baby. I think, I think you look, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, me, see, Captain Homer, baby. Over, that's it. You're over just season. excited to have somebody, you're just excited to have the optimistic view on this. I am for once. Um, I think the number's close to right, like, and that's not not like 46 wins, 47 wins. Like, um, look, I have questions about the shooting, um, because you got rid of one of, if not your best shooters and Kevin Herter uh, didn't really replace that. And Gallo. And Gallo was, was a really good shooter. And, you know, there's, I have concerns about bogey. Like I just, I'm, I'm worried that he's maybe a touch cooked. Um, we're, we're recording this on October 10th. Bogey has not practiced and they have not really given any kind of update on him getting closer to practicing. We don't know, but they open in a week and a half and he's not practiced yet. So it's not ideal. Um, so I just, I have some concerns about the shooting around the, the, the Trey and DeJounte 
pairing, I see a lot of ways that can work. My only concern is they both are best at the exact same thing. Um, they are both elite pick and roll players. Uh, they were both, I think they were top five in pick and roll usage as a ball handler last year. It's hard to do that uh, on the same team. So, and I, I've been yelled at by Hawks fans about this. Uh, mm-hmm. Some have some have evoked the CP3 Harden Rockets as the example of how you can take turns. I have heard that, yes. And with all due respect, I, I don't think these two are those two. Um, I, I'm interested to see how it works. One of my concerns is that Nick McMillan has never been exactly a creative offensive mastermind over his career. And I think it's going to take a lot of creativity to make, to maximize this, not to make it work, but to maximize what those two can do offensively. Um, and I, I, I got to see it. Like I got to see it. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that can work. I mean, look, like we've seen DeJounte and John Collins, DeJounte and Clint Capella can work really well in that pick and roll the same way that Trey and those two do. Like I love what they can do with those four in that realm. Um, but it's going to take some creativity to work as secondary options, secondary actions, and and do some things to maximize. Because you just like Dejounte just can't be a spot up guy. Like you condense the floor too much for Trey if you have Dejounte spotting up because he's not a threat. He's a thirty one percent shooter, um, and you're taking away what Trey does best if you make him a spot up guy too often. There are going to be times where he has to. I have like some of the stuff they've been working. Uh, with Trey off the ball, I think I've been I've been pleased with the stuff they've been doing, working him off screens, off the ball to get him free, either as a shooter or running in the secondary action. There's stuff that I like. I've got to see them do it over and over. I've got to see them really open up the playbook because it's just never been a thing that Nate Nate has done. Like Indiana <laughs> was super vanilla, right? Yeah. Like this was always the complaint about Nate is that he's a pretty vanilla offensive coach. Maybe they'll open it up. Maybe there's, maybe the staff can can do this and and make this work. I think it's an interesting canvas to work with because again, like these are two super skilled on ball players who don't have a ton of experience as off ball guys with a lot of success. Like Trey's never had to do that because he's always been the best player on his team, and Dejounte was young and kind of wasn't on the ball, and then was given all of it last year and thrived. And that's when he took his leap. So I'm just, I'm just interested to see how it works. I think defensively I'm bullish on the Hawks. I think they're going to be, um, I like the fact that they have three really good defenders at each level with that starting unit. Um, Clint Capella at the rim, DeAndre Hunter on the wing, DeJounte Murray at the point of attack. I think you have your bases covered. I like a lot what they can do there. I think it will help mask, Trey's deficiencies in that realm. Um, you know, John's a solid defender. I think they have the ability to do some good things on defense. I think they're going to be good on that end. Offensively, I understand the optimism. I just want to see it happen. I think <laughs> they could do it. I, I'm not sitting here and trying to bury it and say that it's going to be bad. I just, I wonder about the shooting around them and what they can do with units that don't have um, Trey and DeJounte both out there. I'm interested to see what they do with those. Cause it's just, if bogey's not there, it's, it's question marks, you know, like Justin holiday is 
you i know i know he's one of your guys he but can, like he can shoot but he's not a shooter he's not sense. a shooter like he he can he can kind of camp in the corner a little bit but he has to be guarded i mean there are guys that have to be guarded hunter's got to be guarded yeah holly's got to be guarded john's got to be guarded out there but they don't have the like the floor uh tilting shooters that they had before like yeah i mean i'm with you on all that stuff i think that to your point about them working well early on like their first it's one game they ran some good stuff um with those guys playing together it was a lot of jante with the ball in his hands uh, and when they, and then and then when Trey sat, you saw Dejounte San Antonio version with like a thirty five percent usage rate. Like, yeah. and that's that's what should happen. I mean, that's sure. as soon as Trey sits, Dejounte run your show. That's the way it should work. Um, but it's so early that you know I'm not saying it, I've never said it's like a perfect fit because it's not. They have mm-hmm. some stuff to work out, and the Nate factor is in play. I do think that there there's kind of a floor on just how they're going to be really good with anytime trade plays like anytime trade plays offense, like they're going to be good. Um, I, I do think that they need to not go too far in taking the ball out of his hands. Cause Trey is best with the ball in his hands. He might be the best player in the league at doing that. He's definitely on those top five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, there are some questions for sure, but you know, to the point of the number, like I think 46 is a reasonable number. I've seen Hawks fans like get mad about how low the number is. I would go over it. I think it's not a crazy number when you realize that this team was worse than that last year it happened a year ago and yeah they got murray but it wasn't like you just added murray to the team you already had right you did lose other guys like i think the roster is better but it isn't quite the same like plug and play and the bogey thing i know i'm like a broken record on it they need bogey yeah like they they just do for off for i know it sounds crazy to say they need like offensive help on this team that has trey and ajante but he's their only shooter other than trey who's like an actual like plus plus shooter Mm-hmm. I know AJ Griffin is going to be that eventually. He's already probably a great shooter now, but he's a rookie. He's 19. He's just not going to play a ton. Yeah. So we know this. We know Bogey's not probably going to be the guy he was two years ago um, with the knee, but him just being out there is a huge factor. And yeah. also, like, I like Jalen Johnson, but he's not proven. And that's a guy who's in a rotation now as well. So I don't know. I, I like him, obviously. No, I'm, listen, I'll, I'll lean over. I'm just – I think the number's closer. I think this is a 40 well, – re- mid-40s to high 40s. And the other thing is, like, look, I mean, like, we picked a bunch of teams to win 50 games. Like, Well, and there, there's also a reason why the number's 46. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I I feel like with some, with some exceptions, people that I trust that cover the league beyond Atlanta all kind of have the Hawks in a similar range. It's like, okay, maybe they have them sixth or seventh. Maybe they have them fifth. Maybe they have them eight, whatever it is, but they're all kind of in that mid to high forties range, and that's where the that's where the number is, and that's like, you might say the Hawks could win fifty games, and they could, the Hawks could blow sure. by that, they absolutely, but like somebody's got to not do that. So well, and what I'll also say is like the Hawks haven't, even when they went to the conference finals, like they weren't a dominant regular season team, like they've never oh. they've never shown it, like, and so there's there's reason to have a little skepticism that all of a sudden they're just gonna piece it together and win all these games. Like there's still a team that's like learning how to win games that again, it's win the games you're supposed to win. Like you should in this division, you should be beating Charlotte and beating Orlando a bunch, but like you can't have these games where you, you go, you know, Charlotte comes in and beats you because you sleepwalk through it. Like you can't have those games that they have had. And I think that's one of the things that scares you off of putting in in the upper echelon of the East is the shooting 
And like, can they avoid those nights? And like Hawks fans know they exist. Like I get being optimistic. I think you should. I like a lot of what the team has again, what happens with bogey and like, can you just avoid those nights where nobody other than Trey has it going because they're, they're just, and that's a concern with the shooting. Like that's, that's one of my concerns. So like, if they can take care of business in division, especially then like, yeah, they, they can go over, um, take care of like you're good. You get two bad teams for eight games this year. Yeah. Win them. Well, like you need, you need six minimum from those. I'm glad you said this earlier. Like the whole, like they haven't done the regular season thing is very true. Cause you know, two years ago they made the conference finals. We all know this, that team prorated to 82 games won about 46 and a half games, which is exactly the number of this team right. <laughs> on the over-under. So, like, this has not been a team that has a history in this era of winning 50 games or winning 49 right. games. Since um, They've not won 48 games for more than a half decade, even. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that, that's And, like, again, like, they, maybe they will. And, like... And listen, this is not... You, you said it, too, but... Part of the reason why the Cavs and the Raptors and the Hawks in particular, and now the Heat even, are all in the 40s is because there's really no way of the math working where the top seven teams in the East all win 50 games or all win 49 games. Somebody's not going to win that many games. in, you know, however many. Like it happened like once in the West, like seven teams. it it, it can be done, but it's not a likely scenario. Like it feels like the odds of that happening are not high. And like I like the Hawks more than a couple of those teams, but I also understand why they wouldn't be ahead of a couple of those teams too. Yep. Um, so that's the that's the long and short of it. Obviously, we'll have more Hawks coverage on this podcast. But forty six is the number. I think it's a reasonable one. I would go over. You lean over. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I lean over. I, gotta, I, think, I think forty-seven wins. Like absolutely in play. 48. Forty-seven wins would not like excite anybody, but it would also probably get you out of the play-in. You would think maybe succeed. Um, yeah, look, five six. You could be you could be in the play in with forty seven wins. Yeah, that's tough, man. The East is tough. That is the East this year is that you could be in the play in with forty seven wins. Not so, really. um, it was funny. I mentioned this on the previous podcast, but there was this like I'm not sure you saw it because you're not you're not covering the team, the team like I am these days. But um, there was this controversy. I use that in, in quotes about this uh, this Polaroid image that was shared, mm-hmm. um, where like a bunch of guys on the on the team that were asked to kind of give their goals. Oh yeah, 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 Clint. And Clint said uh, whatever he said. Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And uh, everybody the, was like, win the finals. The day that happened was the open practice day. And I was there and uh, Big Tigger was interviewing Nate McMillan on the mic. And he asked Nate what his goal was. And Nate said, our goal is to avoid the plan. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was the greatest thing that's ever happened. Because everybody, everybody was mad at Clint for not saying championship. And the head coach said, I'd like to be the sixth seed, please. Thank you. He didn't say that exactly. <laughs> please right. and thank you. He literally said, avoid the plan with his goal. <laughs> Which I think but, is like a very is, reasonable which, goal. But here's the thing. For a regular season goal, that's the goal. That is the goal. Look, get yourself to and, – and like this is like – we talk about win totals. But like it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like I, I think, again, because of what we talked about with like the defense and the three levels of defense, like I think there's a chance like in the playoffs, this is not a team that, that you're going to want to face. Like I think they addressed some of the issues that plagued them last year in that Miami series. In having to, because again, like they needed that other ball handler to win a team 
throws traps at Trey every single time down the floor, right? Like they needed that. They addressed that. The shooting is going to be a question, but we've also seen that shooting in the, in the playoffs isn't necessarily like things get tighter. Great shooting teams aren't always the thing you want to lean on. Like I kind of like that they have that playability. I like it more as a playoff team now than I did before, but as a regular season team, like we know what the formula is. And some of that formula is just being able to shoot it because there's, you know, like that's just part of the regular season formula. The playoff formula is different. I think this Hawks team is better built. This is me trying to save myself here. No, you're right. But the playoffs, no, the, this the, is a team better built for the playoffs than necessarily the regular season. Cause I like that. I like the tight rotation they can run. Like we talked about the guys, as long as bogey's around, they have an eight that everybody likes. I mean, if you throw, if you the, have the eight, you use Justin holiday as the eighth sure. and maybe Jalen's the ninth, but no, no matter what they have, there's seven guys that everybody likes, if, and, I, I, and I think Holiday as the eighth is a guy that I like. So if if Bogey's right, but again, like you don't you don't want to be Toronto playing an eight man rotation in the regular season, right? Like you won't. don't want to do that, and they're not going to. No. So that again, that's where regular season win total versus I probably take Toronto because I know how they're going to play, and I know they're going to play that short rotation. It's it has nothing to do with play. how I would pick them in a series. No, okay. I, that's, in the that's series, the thing about I would this, probably take the Hawks. Exactly. And this the thing about this Hawks team is that we saw them make the conference finals while not having a great regular season two years ago. No. And this team this year is, I think, built better for the playoffs, not only okay. with what you said about the the top eight, but they now have more than one shot creator. Yep. That helps. And they're better defensively this year than, they, right. than they've been on paper. Um, so, 100%. yeah, I, I think that long term, obviously, everybody wants to aim for playoff success. I do think that, you know, they're more likely to do that. And it's all about matchups and we can get sure, into that when course. we get into that. But and, 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 uh, that, and regular season wins matter for that. However, but they want to they want to avoid the play in. And that's the thing. Last year we were tracking it all season long and it was like, all right, the goal is to avoid the play in. They, they had they had to get to the play in. They got out of it. They made the playoffs. But I'm, I'm sure the the higher end goal is to be a top four seed and maybe get home court in the first round. But winning a bunch of games is what they want to do. And if they start, if they don't start slowly again, that'd be helpful. They've been, that would be nice. Two years in a row, they've started not terribly, but not good. Um, well, and again, so, so you like, where's Bogey? Like, when does he come back? That's, that's a big part. play a role. Um, again, like, I don't want to sit here and say, like, I'm doom and, doom and gloom on the Hawks. I just think for you the think, regular season, Robbie, you leaned, way. you leaned over. I think you were, but yeah, saying. but like, I, you know, I just, no, I'm with you. I, uh, the people that I, there are Hawks fans that are like all in and I, I totally get it um, about like wins and win totals and stuff like that for this year and um, top two seeds or what top three seeds, whatever it is. But like, I think that a reasonable approach, I take a step back is like, if Nate thought his team was going to be in the mix for the number one seed, I don't think he would say we're avoiding the play. And want to avoid the plan. Maybe he would cause it's Nate, but sure. like, I think they know it might take a little bit of time. They've all said it, sure. you know, even, even, Trey's never going to really say it, but even he's kind of pointed to it a couple times. Like Nate said, like, look, it's going to maybe take a little bit of time. And the, Landry said it. Travis is, I'm sure, said it somewhere behind the scenes. He's that he doesn't want to talk to the media anymore. He doesn't talk. He, he promoted Landry, so he doesn't have to talk anymore. I'm sure that was part of it. Um, um, no, uh, no, it's it's really interesting to me. Like they know this is it's not a new team, but when you do what you did and you push a lot of chips in for a mm-hmm. guy like Murray, knowing that it's not like a plug and play fit, like mm-hmm. they, they know better than to like get over their skis in sure. year one and be like, all right, we're going to win 60 games this year. Like, well, and say that. look, and I've, I've talked about this, like a lot of this comes down to, to Trey and, and 
him buying in. And I think the thing that helps is obviously he was in on this. Like he wanted DeJounte, their friends, their same, they both have the same agent, all of that. Like a lot of this comes on to Trey being willing to, to see that. And I think we saw that in that first, you know, game is he clearly was like, DeJounte, you do the thing. We need to showcase you. And that's a big, that's a big step because I mean, that has been one of the questions of Trey is like, will he cede some of that responsibility? Like you can talk about it all you want, but it's like, will you cede some of that? Um, you know, it's, it's great to talk about how you want second. It's look, LeBron has done this his entire career. We have heard every training camp <laughs> for a decade that LeBron's about to take a lesser offensive role. And by week four of the regular season, he remembers that he's the best offensive player in the league with the ball in his hands. Trey is in that realm. He is a, one of the five best guys in the league. However, when teams are trapping you in the playoffs, when teams are doing this, that's when we're going to see that kind of, I think, help out more than necessarily in the regular season where, um, you know, Trey can still do what Trey does. And maybe DeJounte gets lost a little bit at times. And, and because it's easier to go with what you're comfortable with. And for Trey, it's going to take some time to do that. But, you know, again, like come playoff time, I think this team has gotten better in the regular season. I think there's some questions as to whether they joined that upper echelon of teams that we can trust to win 50 games. That's all there is. I'm in. Uh, and we even saw it in, again, not to make too much of the first preseason game, but we even saw that then. Like in the first quarter, they were pretty intentional about like, having Trey off the ball a lot, having DeJounte bring the ball up the floor. And by the, by the third quarter, Trey was doing a lot of Trey stuff. Sure. And like, and that's what, what, how it should be. Like I've said, he's the better times. player. You, like, yeah, he's, he's the better player. player. He's a better player. He's a better shot creator. And his best skills are on the ball. So like, you don't want to take him off the ball. Like no. there's this like whole, this is a, this is a rabbit hole. We won't, we, we won't, we won't, get, we won't go down, but like there's this conversation on Hawks Twitter. I've seen about how Trey's a shooting guard. <laughs> And I'm like, guys, like, no, like, what are we doing? What are we doing Stop. here? Stop. Um, they're both point guards. Eight five okay. five. Come on now. They're both point guards. Number one. Number two. If they're if you're picking one of those guys to be a shooting guard, it's going to be the guy who's four inches taller and can defend shooting guards. Um. Anyway, it's just a, it's a very it's a very funny thing. Right. But uh, and that and that's the thing is I I'm interested to see how they figure that balance because again, if you take Trey off the ball, you're getting rid of one of the most elite skill sets in the league which is his playmaking. But you also want but to have him DeJounte, be the guy who can shoot it. Right. Exactly. But if you take DeJounte off the ball, you are taking a shooter off of the floor. So balance. it's going to be balanced. It's going to be a thing that they have to figure out. There's probably going to be some rough patches, but there's probably going to be patches where everybody thinks they are going to win the championship. And that's the magic of an 82-game regular season, friends. Well, they also open with the Houston Rockets at home. And, oh, uh, they, oh, so go ahead and God. fly the banner. Go ahead and fly the banner that night. When about, yeah, by 17. Um, okay. Well, Robbie, we've talked for an hour and something uh, on this always. podcast across two parts. And I appreciate your, uh, your ministry in this regard on this Monday. Thank you. Uh, we've already signed you off in part one, but we'll, we'll do it again here in part two. Um, please plug all that you have going on this season. I believe the NBA season opener is a week from tomorrow on the Tuesday. It uh, sure is. So we're, all, we're basically a week away. For your, for your life ring, night, ring night, Draymond TBD. Um, Will Draymond appear at ring night is uh, is going to be a lead story for the next seven incredible. days. I hope he just shows yeah. up on the TNT set. Um, is, TNT is he, employee. Is, is he under contract? Turner, <laughs> Turner employee, Draymond Green. Will that would be, be incredible. That would be incredible. I hadn't thought about that. 
What, he's, I, he's, he's suspended and he just shows up in a suit? Fingers crossed, brother. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can read uh, myself and Brad over at Uprock Sports Dime Magazine. Uh, if you are a college football fan, the punt cast is rolling along. Picks and idiocy uh, every week. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and you know, my Twitter handle is right there. Mark Allen, if you must, I don't know. Follow I Robbie for all, all punt takes and whatever else he's talking about. Oceans, Oceans 11, 12, and A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Oceans tweets. Uh, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Robbie, for being here. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter if you'd like to at BT Roland. We'll see you all next time.